Hey friends, and welcome to another week of the Student-Centered World Podcast. I kind of wanted to take this week and take a couple of steps backwards because I've mentioned multiple times about Generation Z. Generation Z is in our classroom. They're different. Generation Z, Generation Z. But I haven't really talked about Generation Z, who they are, why they're different. I say they're different, but I haven't explained why. And I wanted to take time today to talk about them. Welcome welcome to the Student-Centered World Podcast, where we talk about all things hands-on teaching and keeping your energy and sanity in the classroom. This teacher-turned-consultant is making it her mission to help as many teachers as possible become the best version of themselves and keep their passion for teaching on fire. It's her hope that we never forget why we desire to have a passion for educational progress. This This is Student-Centered World, and this is Jen Bry Soccer. So Generation Z are the kids that were born in the late 1990s and early 2000s. So the kids that make up our classroom right now. A huge misconception is that these Generation Z kids have a lot of really negative characteristics. And the term millennials still gets thrown around, but they are not millennials. Um, it's kind of like using the term okay boomer. You know, it, it almost becomes a um, like a derogatory thing. But Gen Z does not have the negative characteristics as strong as they do their positive ones. And that's one of the reasons why like the student-centered learning phenomenon works so well with them. So Generation Z, they've never known life without the internet. They grew up with technology all around them. So nothing seems like a novelty. Obviously there's new advancements, but nothing is groundbreaking new. The point, though, of them growing up like that is that they are very, very conscious of their digital footprint. So they understand what they're putting out there in the world. You know, millennials came of age when all of that was very new. And a lot of them got themselves in trouble because they didn't realize, you know, when you put something on the Internet, it lives there forever. Generation Z gets that. And that's why they like apps like Snapchat, because they put their stuff out there and it goes away, which obviously can cause a lot of issues. But that's not necessarily a generational problem. That is a kid slash teenager (laughs) problem. So cyberbullying and all of that got worse because they gave them a platform that wasn't just, you know, showing up on the playground and, and mouthing off to somebody. So that brings a different aspect of this that a lot of us did not have to deal with when we were growing up, but that is just a negative side of this whole spectrum that they live on, you know, and they do things differently. They don't often watch TV in real time. Um, If they get a cell phone, they're like 12-ish, that's about the average. And if they want to learn about something, they look it up on YouTube. They're very much an instant gratification society. Um, But they want to be able to use that to be able to solve problems. So they're a really, really passionate generation. And since they have the world at their fingertips, they want to know what they want to know. And they want to be able to do something or become something with that information. And that's why student-centered learning works 
really, really well for them. So they're not actually passive. Like when they want to know something, they're going on YouTube to try to find out information, to try to find out the answers. And if you've ever kind of taken a step back and watched them, that's exactly how things play out. So if something piques their interest, they're all in. They want to know everything there is to know. They want to solve the problem. They want to be an active member. They want to take a role in whatever it is that they're doing, which is why student-centered learning actually works better for them than any generation that came before them. You know, as educators, we're supposed to be challenging and engaging all of our students. And the only way that we're going to do that with this generation of students is meeting them where they are to make sure that we're giving them problems to solve, that we're making it seem like it's worth their while. And I'm not saying you have to get out there and, and have this whole like song and dance canned routine trying to, you know, lure them into learning. When you're doing student-centered learning, they're doing what I like to call learning by accident because they are getting engaged and they're being met on whatever level they are because everything is naturally differentiated for them. So they're doing everything because it's how they're wired to be as opposed to feeling like they are forced to do something that they don't want to do. And I know that's a very fine line because we all have to do things in life that we don't want to do. But there's also ways as you grow to kind of learn how to adapt to that. And all of that intertwines in this student-centered model. So you're doing things to spark their curiosity and make them want to ask and answer the tough questions and then look back and be proud of what they were able to figure out or what they were able to move forward with or understand better or help a classmate with, it all ties in. So these kids are really tech savvy, but they don't necessarily just automatically understand technology. And I know that's something that a lot of people found out during the pandemic, especially if your school was fortunate enough to be able to communicate with your students through some type of a device. You know, we were trying to adapt to apps and programs and websites and threw them at the kids and just kind of felt that they would get them because they're tech savvy, but they have a learning curve just like anybody else would. Their learning curve is just a little bit quicker than maybe somebody who is a little bit more seasoned in life that hasn't been around technology their whole life, but they will get it. And when they get it, they will use it and they will understand it and they will try to figure out how to take it further. So that's one of the reasons why I'm a big promoter in programs like Edpuzzle because they take videos and you can still ask traditional questions or open-ended questions and you can see their results in real time and be able to come up with a plan based on what type of output they are putting. But with them wanting to, you know, go right to YouTube or they're just, they're very video based. So being able to use videos appropriately I'm going to get to that in a second, really helps feed into their knowledge and their curiosity on a subject. So there's this vision that if you're using videos in the classroom, you're popping on a movie and then you're grading papers while the students are watching. And anybody who is anybody thinks like, well, that's the laziest thing that you could possibly do as a teacher. Now, obviously, like a movie day is a good break, but that doesn't mean you're using the movie to teach. So that's why I'm a huge promoter in flipping the classroom and using Edpuzzle because those are ways that you can engage the students with the videos that they love so much 
and also make it where it's not that you seem like you're constantly watching videos in the classroom. And I talk a lot about the flipped classroom and how to use it appropriately, especially in A Passion for Progress. And I talk a lot about using Edpuzzle, but there's a million ways that you can do this. You can, you know, use stuff that's on the internet. You can have the kids create Vokies or podcasts. You know, there's a lot of different elements that you can, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into during this particular podcast, but there's a lot of different elements there, but it helps bring the students in. It helps meet them where they are and it helps them have ownership over that knowledge base. And that's when it comes to content and retention and curiosity and a deeper level of learning. It all ties in together. So kind of to hone in on the central idea here, Generation Z is different. They are growing up in a digital world that no other generation ever grew up in. The millennials came of age in it, okay, but it was still new. None of this is new for Generation Z. So if you're not preparing them for the world that's going to await them, which is different than the world that awaited most of us going into, you're doing them a disservice. We're teachers because we're supposed to not only be teaching content, but preparing them for the world that awaits them. And if you're not challenging them and teaching them how to ask the questions and how to find the answers and how to use technology in an increasingly technological world, you're doing them a disservice. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be this master in technology and know all of this, but there are ways to go about it that will benefit your students way, way, way after they leave the walls of your classroom. Again, Generation Z wants this. If we want to be teaching them effectively, these are the shifts that we need to make. And they're not hard shifts to make if you have the correct guidance on how to make them. And again, I'm here to chat with because I love helping teachers make that switch. I love helping teachers reach their students and have it where their students are engaged and understanding and doing the work and understanding it at a deeper level. And, you know, every single kid from the low, low kids to the highest flyers are being met on their level without it being more stress for you. And if you want more and you want to know more, again, feel free to reach out. Admin at studentcenteredworld.com, Facebook and Instagram at studentcenteredworld, and of course in our Student Centered World Mastermind. Again, you just have to search on Facebook Student Centered World Mastermind and it will pop right up. But reach out, talk to some other teachers who are, are in it to win it as well. All of us especially me, is rooting for you to make sure that you can get through to these kids. They are different. You know, every generation says that the the kids, they're always, you know, such a pain and blah, blah, blah. But this generation is legitimately different. They're learning differently because that's how they've been raised. And we need to make sure that we are teaching them how to be successful in the world that they are entering. So I hope that was some good food for thought for you this week. I hope that you enjoyed listening and that you are going to have a wonderful rest of your day. And I, of course, will see you again here next Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have a good one.